0: Before we get started, I want to let you know that there is now an email address available for the podcast. So if you have any questions or any thoughts, I would love to hear from you. So that, that email address is verticalvision 316 at outlook.com. All right, so verticalvision 316 at outlook.com dot com. So drop me an email and, you know, let me know what's on your heart or how God's blessing you. I'd love to hear from you. Okay. So today we are going to look at a topic that uh, a listener of the podcast uh, sent my way. And as I was thinking about it, it's like, wow, that's a really great question. And it really made me think about, wow, how how do you articulate this? And the question is, How do you live with Jesus when you can't see him? And, you know, you you take it for granted. You just live with the Lord. You live for the Lord. But what really do the dynamics look like? And that's what we're going to look at today. And as I was thinking about this, you got to go back to what it looked like to live with Jesus when he was physically present. Okay, we look back at the disciples. So when Jesus was here on earth, physically, they went where he went, they talked with him, they ate with him, they listened to him, they followed him, they obeyed him, They spent their entire days with him during that three, three and a half year time period where they were following him as disciples and he was pouring into their life. So that's what it looks like to, you know, live with Jesus. But what's really interesting as I was thinking about this is look at the dynamic of their, their walk with Christ while he was physically here they're afraid, they have doubt, they complain, they argue with each other. You know, they're not really any different than I am. And they had him physically present. But what I think is so interesting, what's so cool, is that it was after Jesus ascended to the Father that their lives really turned around and their relationship and their life with him was radically different. Because Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse seven, when he was getting them prepared for his departure, he said, it's to your advantage that I go away. And he said, it's because he was going to send the Holy Spirit to them. And the Holy Spirit wasn't just going to be with them but he was going to be in them. And so this life with Christ, this life in the Spirit, would actually not be just an external life, but it would come from the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of Christ himself. And so you look at how they lived after Jesus ascended to the Father, and it is incredibly different So this idea of how do we live with Jesus when we can't see him is actually a lot bigger. It's how do we live with Jesus and how do we live in Jesus? Because even though he's not physically with us, he still is very much with us and he is also in us. So this is the issue that I want to look at. How do we Walk, how do we live in this type of dynamic relationship with Jesus? Okay, so to get to the core of this, I think we need to go to John chapter 15, verses 4 and 5, and it's a familiar passage, and it's where Jesus is saying that He is the vine, we are the branches, and He gives the command for us to abide in Him. So let's look and see what Jesus says about this in John 15, verses 4 through 5. He says, Remain in me. That word remain, some translations say abide. Okay, it's an older word. But remain in me, and I in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, but must remain in the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. So do you see what Jesus says here is a two-way thing. You remain in me or abide in me, and I in you. So there's this very intimate connection. And when when Jesus says this the way that the, the grammar is is when Jesus says reside in me or remain in me it's a command and then when he's talking about our remaining in him it's with the understanding that we have a choice as to whether or not we do it so what does the word remain or abide mean uh, really simply It just means to settle down, to dwell at a particular place. And it's tied to the word in, abide in, remain in. And we don't really give much attention to the word in, but it's a big word in Greek. And in this particular case, what it's talking about is to to basically rest or remain in okay? Rest or remain in. So Jesus is saying, you need to dwell and remain in me. You anchor in. This is where you stay. And the way that word in is used in particular for relationships means to be uh, of a near connection, intimate union, oneness of heart, mind, And purpose. And this is so important because Jesus says if you're not remaining in me, you're not living and dwelling in me, and I in you, you can't have a fruitful life. And he gives the example of a vine and the branch. They're two different things, but they are fused together. And as the branch is connected to the the vine, the nutrients, the sap and everything flows from the vine into that branch. And as that flow is happening, fruit comes out at the end of the branch. And when we're connected to the Lord, when we are living our life in Him, and he's able to just flow through us, that's when a fruitful life begins to happen. But here's the question. How do we do that? How do we get there? Okay. And the first thing I really believe is that we have to understand that even though Jesus is not physically here with us, Jesus is very present, okay? So when I think about this, look at the disciples, all right, after Jesus was crucified. And look at what happens. In their mindset, Jesus is gone. It's over. But he is far from gone. He is so connected to them. And it doesn't matter which, uh, wherever each one of them is, he is there with them. So think about this. You have the two disciples that are on the road to Emmaus, and they're talking about the crucifixion and what happened and how they had hoped that, you know, Jesus was the Messiah. And in their mind, it's done. But Jesus is right there with them. And even before he connects with them on the road, he already knows what they're talking about and what's going on in their heart and their, their confusion and their worry and their, their sorrow. He already knows it because he's already there with them. They just can't see. And then he manifests himself. And he's talking with them, and he's teaching them, and he's guiding them, and he's bringing them up to speed. And then once they realize it's him and he's there, boom, he disappears. And they go running back to the other disciples excited about what the Lord has told them and and that they had seen him and that he is alive and he is with them, you know. Or think about Thomas. When Jesus first... Uh, visited the disciples after his resurrection. Thomas wasn't there. And Jesus is talking to the disciples. He's encouraging them. He already knows where they're at as far as their fear and anxiety. And he says, don't be afraid. Here I am. And then Jesus goes away. And Thomas shows up. And the disciples say, hey, you know, Jesus is alive. He's a well. We've spent time with him. And the response that Thomas gives, you're probably familiar with it, is, you know what? Unless I stick my fingers in the holes in his hands and I stick my hand in his side, I will not believe it. All right? He's like, no, he is gone. He is not here. And it is so amazing that the second time Jesus shows up to the disciples in in the place where they're all meeting Thomas is there and Jesus says to him directly and i paraphrase it's like hi thomas here i am go ahead and stick your fingers in my hands and your hand in my side i'm i'm here and of course he says you know my lord and my god and he totally believes in Jesus's responses You believe because you see, blessed are those who have not seen me and believe. And what it shows there is even when Jesus was not physically present in the room, when Thomas was saying to the disciples, I'm not going to believe it until these things happen, Jesus was there. He heard every word. And then he shows himself and he responds to the doubt that Thomas had. And that's just so incredible. It's that way of Jesus showing us, you may not see me, but I am very much there. And it's way beyond that. It's that he's in us. He indwells us, okay? In Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, we have the last words of Jesus before he ascends, or at least the last words that Matthew records. And he says to the disciples, and I believe to us as well, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. So this is something that Jesus declares as a promise and a commitment to us. And it's really interesting how Jesus words this, okay, because for me— when I think of Jesus saying, I am with you always, even till the end of the age, that means that Jesus is going to be with us, be present in the Spirit uh, all the way out through the time where, you know, he returns. And I'm in heaven and he returns back and uh, the millennial reign of Christ and all of that. So he is with us always, even to the end of the age. But what's really interesting with this is the word always doesn't have just a long-term perspective, all right? The word always literally means the whole of every day, all right? Let me say that again. Always here means the whole of every day. So what Jesus is telling us is, I am with you 24 hours a day today. The whole part of this day, I am with you. And I am going to be with you for the whole day tomorrow. And I am going to be with you for the whole day, the day after tomorrow. And on and on and on until the end of the age. So what that's telling us is Jesus is with us when we go to bed, when we wake up. Through the night, while we're sleeping, He is there. He is with us when we're driving to work. He is with us when we're walking down the street. He is with us when we're watching TV. He's with us when we're on the computer. He's with us at you know the workplace and when we're with our co-workers. He's with us with our neighbors. He's with us in the home and with our families. He's with us when we're hanging out with friends. It doesn't matter where we go or what we do. Jesus is with us in actuality. And I was reading about this, and there's an account where G. Campbell Morgan, he was a pastor and a theologian, and in his early days, he would meet with a group of elderly women and read the Bible to them. And one day he was reading this passage in Matthew, and he said, isn't that a wonderful promise? And one of the ladies looked at him and said, young man, that is not a promise. It's a fact. And when I really, I had to smile with that. And I really believe we have to wrap our minds and hearts around this. It is not just a promise from Jesus that he is with us today, all day, all night, everywhere. But it is a fact, because this is going to dictate how we make or how we relate to him, how this relationship grows, okay? So the second thing, and we've already talked about this, is we have to abide in Jesus. We have to be connected. How do we do that? This is not new. This is nothing earth-shattering or, hey, you know, this is a new revelation. It comes down to the basics. If we're going to live with Christ, live in Christ, remain in Christ, be settled in him, then like that vine and the branch, we have to be fused and connected. And one of the ways we do that is through being in the Word of God, being in the Bible. And I think, I know for me, early on in my walk with the Lord, you know, it would just be, I'd open it up and I'd try to find something and read it. And sometimes it made sense, sometimes it didn't. And it was just like, okay, I've read my Bible. But over time, I learned and I was taught that you need to go into the Word of God with expectancy and direction. And so I started praying and asking the Lord, okay, what do you want me to study? What do you want me to read? And, you know, God may have you read a book of the Bible and learn that book of the Bible, study that book of the Bible, and he'll reveal himself to you and talk to you through that book. Or maybe it's a topic that he wants you to study. Let's say, for instance, the names of God. That's an incredible study. And maybe he wants to show you who he is by you learning about the names that he calls himself by. And, uh, you know, you could even do something like a one-year Bible where you're going through the Bible in a year and getting a very broad uh, overview of the Scriptures as you go through it quickly. But ask the Lord, what do you want me to read? And be open, because this is a fluid relationship. Be open every day and, and ask him, do you want me to read something different? What do you want to say to me from your word today? What do you want me to learn? And he may tell you, hey, I want you to read this verse. Or I want you to pick up that devotional over there. Turn to this day and read the verse that's there, I have something to say to you, and go for it, do it. But we connect with the Lord, with the Word of God, okay? That's one of the key ways that he speaks to us. The second, of course, is prayer, and it's just talking to the Lord, We worship him, we thank him, we praise him, we ask for things, we lay our burdens on him, we ask for help, we ask for provision. It's this communication of our hearts to him, and it's communication of his heart to us. And again, here's this this mindset of expectancy where we want to go into prayer going Lord, I'm here. Father, I'm here. And and I'm waiting to connect with you and engage with you and taking time to listen. I know for me, a lot of times I've had that tendency to just, okay, I need to pray. Boom. I hit the Lord with my quick list of needs and wants and issues. And bam, I'm out the door running off to work or whatever. And we really want to take that time to listen. You know, maybe, maybe you have a commute to work. Uh, For me, when I have to go into the office, it's an hour trip. And some of my best prayer time is where it's just me and Jesus and the windshield. And it's like, okay, what, what do you, what do you want to say to me? What's on your heart? And no music, no teachings, no anything. It's just me and him and it's a really really sweet time as that dialogue happens as we're talking in the car so you know go into to this relationship with that idea of hey i'm going to communicate with the risen living jesus who is with me right here and right now and then of course you've got obedience we can want to be connected with the lord But if we are not obeying him, there is going to be a disconnect because when we disobey the Lord, we're actually going in a different direction from him. And so we're not abiding. And so with that disconnect, we're not going to be able to bear fruit. So when we disobey the Lord, we want to repent and come back and reconnect and keep abiding in the lord. So keep that in mind, all right? Yes, we need to be in the word, we need to be in prayer, we need to obey, and we need to do things with the lord. And as we yield ourselves and say, "Okay, I'm here." what do you want me to do? And I'm not talking about just things in church, and that's great. We want to serve in the church. If the Lord has us uh, doing something there, fantastic. But the church is much bigger than the fellowship that we go to. He may have you do some kind of other ministry, or he may want you to talk to your neighbor, or you may see somebody, you know, in the park, And they're broken, and they're hurting, and you can see it in their face, and the Lord says, I want you to go and talk to them, and I want you to ask them if you can pray for them, and I want you to pray. And as we do things with the Lord and for the Lord, we are connecting to him, we're depending upon him, and he's able to bear fruit through us in those things, all right? And lastly, and this is connected to just what I said, uh or what I just said, is we simply need to live expectantly with Jesus. He is here. He's with me. He's in me. He's with you. He's in you. So every moment of every day, because He is with us always, 24-7— 60 minutes of every hour 60 seconds of every minute Jesus is with you present with you all right and I'm I know I'm repeating that but we need to really take hold of that truth and so with that mindset live your life you know basically look at how the disciples Lived with Jesus when he was physically present. You spend time with him, you hang out with him, you talk to him, you listen to him, you obey him, you serve him. And just because he's not here physically, you just do the exact same things as if he was physically here with the understanding that he is actually here in spirit. And so, you know, go out there, Lord, what do you want to say to me? What do you want me to do? What's on your heart? How do you want me to handle this? How do you want me to do that? As things come across your path throughout the day, bring it before him. Talk about it. Get his instruction. Get his direction. And so that everything with that expectancy to connect and be connected with him and the expectancy to hear from him and be guided by him and then just follow accordingly, And you will bear fruit for the Lord through your life. And it will be such a rich relationship as you're living in step with Him, just following His lead, being a disciple, and letting Him direct every moment of every day, every word, every thought, every action that we do. That is how we live with christ god bless you